Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the Thrive Online Podcast. My name is Jordan, and I'm the worship pastor here at Thrive. And whether you are tuning in from your car, the gym, or even your work or home, we pray that today's message gives you hope and builds your faith. Today, we get to start a new series based on our mission at Thrive we call The Thrive Five. Pastor David is teaching on the first of these five today by exploring what it means to follow Jesus. So I hope you'll bring a pen or a pencil and something to write on, and let's get ready to learn today. Hey, good morning, Thrive. We did it again. We made it through another week of being imperfect people, becoming the church on the mission with Jesus, bringing hope and healing to the world. And how many of you know that this life in Christ, following Jesus, being a disciple, it is a journey, right? And, and none of us, none of us can claim to have reached perfection at this point. But Jesus, as a Jesus disciple, one of our goals is this, that we grow and become a little bit more like him every single day, every moment of our life, that we grow a little bit more like Jesus. Now, one of the purposes of gathering together as the church is so that we can equip each other, we can encourage each other, we can train one another, we can teach one another how to become more like Christ, how to be better disciples of Jesus so that we are fully mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Jesus, throughout his ministry, gave us several principles to live by, several principles that we can kind of apply to our lives, these truths that help us gauge our growth in our spiritual walk. Now, here at Thrive, we've summarized some of those principles into five things we call our Thrive Five. Thrive Five. Now, put your hand up with me. Yep, just like that. Put your hand up. Thrive Five. And so for the next five weeks, we're going to go through one of those things every single week. And I'm excited to go on this journey with you. This is going to help us gauge as a group of people together if we are growing spiritually in Christ, growing more like him each and every day. Now, my heart for each of you is that you be wise and not foolish, right? None of us woke up this morning thinking, I want to be more foolish today, right? No, we want to be more wise each and every day so that we can stand tall when the storms of life come and, and knock against us and try to knock us out. We want to be wise. We want to be able to discern and do things that come from the heart of God. When we have opportunities that are put before us, we want to respond as God would have us respond. So Jesus said at the end of his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, he said this very powerful kind of parable, this story about a man. And this is what it says. This is our core scripture for this whole series. And we'll, we'll come back to it every single week. And so my encouragement is this memorize this scripture, okay? It's found in Matthew chapter 7, and it starts in verse 24. This is what it says. Anyone who listens to my teaching, this is Jesus, and follows it is wise. Everybody say wise. <laughs> like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against the house, it will not collapse because it was built on bedrock, on firm foundation, on solid ground. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey is foolish. Everybody say foolish. We don't want to be that, right? Like a person who builds a house on the sand, 
When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse in a mighty crash. Friends, to make these five principles a part of our everyday life is going to take some help. We're going to need some supernatural help. And so right now, I would like to pray for this moment that we have together today, that the Holy Spirit would speak to us and coach us on how to apply these things to our lives. Would you join me as I pray this morning? Holy Spirit, we need your wisdom. We need insight to point out the areas that we need to adjust so that we can be more like Jesus. Give us eyes to see what we can change. Give us ears to hear your voice as it tells us the way that we should go. And give us hearts that are willing and full of courage to obey the first time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want, to share, I want to share just a little bit about my personal life with you. Uh, at the end of May, I started going to the gym again. I started going to this thing called Training for Warriors. And it, it had been about two and a half years since I had been there. And I just felt like it was time to kind of re-engage myself with something that I knew was going to be good for me. Something that was going to help be, uh, make me healthier physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually. Uh, I talk to God a lot when I'm working out, right? And so I decided to do this again, and I did it for a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to be healthier all around for my family. I wanted to be personally healthier for myself, and I wanted to be healthier for all of you. Uh, and so I, I made the decision, and I love this. I love that, that when I show up at the gym, Right? When I show up at the gym, there is a list of exercises that I'm going to be doing for the day. Now, I don't always know what those exercises are. Sometimes I have to kind of look at it and, and wonder, but I see this list and there's usually six to eight exercises that we're going to complete in the 45 to 50 minutes that we're going to be together as a group of people. And, and the workouts are difficult. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, my legs right now, even as I'm standing here talking to you, they're sore because of the workout I did yesterday, right? And they're difficult. They're challenging. They stretch me. But every time I go, I feel better about myself. I feel like I'm growing healthier and I feel better. Now, one of the things I love about Coach Kenny, he's my, uh, my instructor, is that he always takes time to show me how to do these exercises. He always kind of breaks it down and says, here's how this exercise works. This is how you're going to do it correctly. And so he, he goes through the process of explaining how to do the lifts for a couple of reasons. One, he wants to demonstrate the correct way to do these exercises because apparently there is a correct way to curl dumbbells. Did you know that? You don't just like throw them up and down, right? Like there's a correct way to do it so that you get the most effect out of it. Uh, there's a correct way to do a squat. And it turns out that, that the lifts or exercises that we do, um, if we do them correctly, we actually produce a better outcome. Okay? And, and so being a roof faller by nature, that's uh, kind of who I am, uh, I, I really look at Kenny and I try to imitate everything that he does. I try to imitate the way he does it, how he does it, the way he positions himself and how he stands. I try to remember all the things that he said. And, and because I want the most growth for the time and the effort that I'm putting in. And I don't want to injure myself or potentially hurt someone else if I do it incorrectly. We've all probably seen videos of people who failed in doing a lift because they did it incorrectly. Right? Now, I know that if I do these workouts correctly and consistently, I'll begin to see 
the evidence of it. I'll be experience the difference it's making in my life, not just in the gym, but outside of the gym in my everyday life. I'll have more energy. I'll feel more strength, right? Now imagine, imagine this with me, if you will. Can you imagine if I showed up at the gym every single day and I saw that list of workouts and I, I listened to Coach Kenny describe how to do these lifts and then I watched him demonstrate how to do these lifts and then I just completely ignored everything he said. Like, imagine if I did that, if I just decided to do the lifts my own way or do my own lifts altogether or just walked out of the gym It would be a complete waste of my time, a complete waste of energy, and to be perfectly honest, a complete waste of money, right? Now, sure, I could go and tell people that I was going to the gym because I literally went to the gym, right? I could tell them I'm going to the gym and people would assume that I'm actually getting healthier and stronger. But in reality, at some point, the truth would come out. The truth would come out that I had built my health on a (laughs) proverbial bed of sand. To get physically healthier, I need to do what Kenny writes on the board. I need to do what he says, and I need to follow his example. In the same way, spiritually speaking, our muscles grow and mature when we practice the first of our Thrive Five. Now, I want you to say this with me, friends. I'm going to say two words, and I want you to repeat them after me. Follow Jesus. That's the first in our Thrive Five. Just go ahead and put your thumb up like this. That's the first thing in our Thrive Five. It's the foundation. It's the core. It's where everything starts when it comes to a relationship and a growing uh, as a disciple of Jesus. It has to start with following Jesus. Now, let's read Matthew 16, 24, and 25 to understand what it means to follow Jesus. These are Jesus' words about what it means to be a disciple. So let's read this together. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You must take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. I'm curious if any of you have ever played Simon Says. Anybody played Simon Says before? Yeah, of course. We've probably all played that, right? You remember that there are basically two roles in the the game of Simon Says. There is Simon and there are the followers of Simon, right? And, And the goal of the game is to teach kids how to listen closely to the instructions that they're given. And if you end up doing something that Simon doesn't say, then you're out, right? Now, but let's be perfectly honest. If you happen to be the Simon, That's not your goal. Your goal is the absolute opposite, isn't it? Let's be real with ourselves. If we ever become the Simon, it's our goal to try to do everything we can to get the other people out. We want to make them not follow. We want to make it as difficult to follow as possible. We want everyone to get out, don't we? Now, as one of Simon's followers, it can be discouraging and frustrating to get out because of one little mistake that you make. Now, Thrive, I'm so thankful that Jesus doesn't act like a Simon, right? He doesn't act like a Simon. In fact, his goal when he came to this earth, what he stated was this, that none would perish, but that all would have eternal life. They'd have the opportunity to experience life everlasting with him. Now, many of you here might be thinking, 
actually, I feel like being a disciple of Jesus is really hard. All the rules, all the regulations, all the expectations, it just feels impossible. Well, Thrive, what if today you discovered that being a disciple of Jesus wasn't as difficult as you thought? What if today you discovered that being Jesus's disciple was as basic as this, giving up your own way, taking up your cross and following him? I want to take just a few moments and talk through those three things that Jesus said was required from his disciples and see if we can make them very practical for you and I today. So let's do that. The first thing Jesus said was what? He said, give up your own way. Now the Bible tells us there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. You see, we all internally have a way that we think is the right way. Right? But what we've quickly discovered is that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, so the way that we thought was right isn't always right. In fact, it's almost always wrong. The first thing we have to do is give up our own way. Now, if you're a husband, you get this, right? You understand that if you're driving someplace, there is your way of getting there, and then there's the right way of getting there. Am I right? All the women, all the, all the wives in the house say amen, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, if your parents in the room, uh, you understand that if you in the last year have had to try to teach your kids math, you've had to give up your own way of doing math and try to learn the new way of doing math, right? There's a certain way that has to happen for them to grow and to learn in this new subject. Now, Thrive, many of us here have certain ways of thinking about our faith certain ways of living out our faith that we, that we think are right. And this isn't a new thing. In fact, um, Paul, uh, or Jesus says, Jesus says this, he says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many of you will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. You see, there are going to be people on judgment day who do all the right things. They do the thing that they think is right, but they never actually listened to Jesus. They used Jesus's name to do great things, but they didn't actually know Jesus himself. They were never truly disciples or followers of Jesus. Now, to give up your own way means to take up Jesus's way. You can't just give up something and then not have a plan and not have a way to go. You need to take up Jesus's way. We need to know what Jesus said. That's how we know what way Jesus has for us, by reading what he left for us. That means reading the Bible. It means reading it all the way through from beginning to end, not just picking and choosing the verses that feel good to us, that make us feel inspired, not just picking the verses that we think um, pr provide proof for maybe some of our false beliefs. We need to read the whole scripture and understand all that Jesus said and, and then all that he provided for us because we know what he said is important. When we know what he said, we better understand him. And the Bible says this, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when we better understand God's word. We better understand the things that Jesus said. We better understand him. And we, we are better disciples for it. So that's the first thing. 
Once we read what Jesus said, said to us in the scriptures, the next thing that we as disciples of Jesus need to do is this. We need to take up our cross. That's what Jesus said. He said, first you need to leave your own way and you need to take up your cross. This phrase could be potentially confusing for us, couldn't it? After all, Jesus didn't just, didn't Jesus carry the cross of shame for us? So why is he then saying that we need to take up a cross? To answer that, we have to understand what the cross represented to Jesus and what his sacrifice on the cross now makes the cross, what, what it represents to us now because of that. So to Jesus, the cross was an instrument of punishment. It was the ultimate form of shame. It was the way that he was going to pay for our sins, the debt for our sins. It was shameful, it was grotesque, and it was horrific. That's what the cross was to Jesus. But I love what Jesus says. He says, but for the joy set before me, I endured the cross. But for the joy set before him, he was going to endure the cross. Now, because, Jesus, because of Jesus, the cross for us now is a symbol of surrender. It has become a symbol of self-denial. It has become a symbol of spiritual death. When we say that we're picking up our cross, what we're saying is, is I am doing the thing that you just said to do, to leave my own way. When I pick up my cross, I'm putting to death my plans. To pick up your cross daily means we, we choose day in and day out to die to ourselves, to die to our plans, to die to our way of doing things so that we can fully live in line with what the Holy Spirit says to us. Basically, our cross is this, doing what Jesus said, right? We have to read what Jesus says, then we have to do what Jesus said. It means loving our enemies. It means taking care of the poor. It means living with the fruit of the Spirit growing daily in our lives. It means being generous in all things, First, we have to give up our own way, right? By learning a new way, reading the words of Jesus, understanding this new way. Then we need to pick up our cross, pick up our cross and, and actually do the things that Jesus said to do. But it goes beyond simple understanding of scripture, simple reading of scripture. It goes beyond just simple going through the motions of the things that Jesus said to do. A lot of good people do the things Jesus taught. But it's this last step that really matters. It's this last step that really sets our following, our discipleship apart from just merely being a religious person. This last one says this, Jesus said this, follow me. Everybody say that, follow me. I know explaining how to follow Jesus by saying follow Jesus is like defining a word by a word. It's like, it's like this, the word word is a word. Right? The word noun is a noun. Right? The word English is English. Right? It's kind of confusing. So when I say follow Jesus as a way to follow Jesus, it could be a little confusing. So let me say it this way. Let me, let me make it more clear. To follow Jesus means to live how Jesus lived. We have to read what Jesus said. We have to do what Jesus says, but then we have to actually live how Jesus lived. Paul said it like this in his letter to the people of, of Ephesus. He said, therefore, be imitators of God, be imitators of Christ as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see, 
Following Jesus means being a living sacrifice, means being willing to lay down our lives for the sake of the kingdom. The word imitate means to follow, to mimic. Like a young child in a home. This is very real for our family right now because we have a a just over one-year-old. He's about 15 months and he is starting to learn the culture of our home. He's starting to imitate our words. He's starting to imitate our actions. He's learning how to respond and reflect and, and do the things that we do. And as he continues to grow, there are going to be times when I'm going to see him do something. I'm going to go, oh man, that was his mom. And then there are going to be times when I see him do something. I'm going to go, oh man, that was me. And I don't like seeing a mirror of me, right? Like we all understand that, this imitation. They begin, children begin to live and understand the culture and they imitate the culture that they're in and they begin to flesh it out in their own lives. That is what Paul is talking about here, being an imitator of Christ. So how do we set our hearts and minds and spirit to following Jesus? Well, when I was in high school, actually I was, I was in middle school age, um, going into kind of getting close to high school. I remember there was this, this kind of phrase that people said. It, it was really popular. And in fact, it, it was kind of one of the first little like uh, viral, if before viral was viral, uh, things that people would wear on their wrist. And some of you are already thinking about it right now. It was the phrase, what would, finish it with me, Jesus do, right? You got it. What would Jesus do? Right? And now, I know this. I know that that got overplayed. And in fact, because it was overused, it kind of became cliche. But I, I truly believe that, that it's still a great question for us to ask as disciples of Jesus. What would Jesus do? When your spouse says something that gets under your skin, what would Jesus do? He would turn the other cheek. When your coworker steals your idea and gets the bonus instead of you, what would Jesus do? Rejoice with those who rejoice. When someone actively comes against you because of your faith in Jesus, what would Jesus say to do? What would Jesus do himself? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You see, Jesus demonstrated each and every one of these teachings by first saying it, and then doing it, leaving us an example to follow. Follow Jesus is the first of our Thrive Five because it is the first step in growing more like Christ. It's the first step in being a disciple. We have to choose to follow him. To follow Jesus, we have to first say yes to the invitation that he offers, just as the disciples had to say yes when Jesus came to them and said, come follow me. And they left their nets behind. They left their jobs behind, their lives behind to follow this man who was so full of grace and truth. When we say yes to this journey, we begin to walk with Jesus. We begin to understand what Jesus, know what Jesus said, and we begin to do the things that Jesus said, and we begin to follow in Jesus's footsteps. Following Jesus is not just a one-time event. I know growing up as a kid in a Christian home that I thought that just saying a salvation prayer one time got me covered. And while it did forgive me of my sins, being a disciple of Jesus is something different. You see, following Jesus is a daily commitment. Following Jesus is a daily choice. 
For those of you who've already given your hearts over to Jesus and acknowledged that he is Lord of your life, following Jesus is something you must wake up every day choosing to do, to take up your cross, to follow him again. I can imagine that some of you are hearing the Holy Spirit prompt you. Even right now, you're thinking through your life and you're asking yourself, do I really follow him? Do I, do I read his word? Do I do what he said? Do I imitate Jesus? And maybe some of you, the Holy Spirit is convicting you right now. He's challenging you to re-engage in your journey, re-engage in your spiritual growth, to reconnect and recommit to the journey of being a disciple, a follower, of Jesus. And that could be as simple as praying this, Jesus, I recommit my heart and mind and spirit to following you and all that that means. Give me the mind to understand your word. Give me the courage to do what you said. Give me the endurance to follow you every day. Something like that. It's just a recommitment, a reconnection saying, Jesus, I recognize that I haven't been following you like I should. As your disciple, I've gotten off track. Help me to get back on track with you. Help me to grow and mature every day in your presence. Now, for those of you who are listening, but you can't say that you've ever chosen to be a disciple of Jesus or a follower of Jesus, today is your day. As you've listened to this message, maybe some things have come alive for you. Maybe some false beliefs about following Jesus, being a Christian has, have fallen away and you've begun to understand that it's not as complicated as you thought, that it's actually much easier it's simply knowing Jesus's words, doing what Jesus said and following him in his footsteps. The good news is this, you don't have to pay your way in to being a disciple by doing good works or making yourself clean or any other thing you may have come to believe about what it means to be a Christian. Jesus already paid your debt on the cross. He paid your debt to sins that you've already committed, that you will commit in the future. He did all that when he died on the cross in your place. His death, blood, uh, uh, bloodshed covers your sin, makes it white as snow, washes it away. When you choose to follow him with all of your heart, when you choose to say, Jesus, I want you in control. That's all it takes. Paul said it this way, super simple. He said, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, meaning that you're openly saying, Jesus is the one that's in charge of my life. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, meaning you believe that Jesus is, was dead, but now he's back to life, that he, he didn't stay in the grave, that he was raised back to supernatural life. You will be saved. You declare that he's Lord. You believe that he's still alive. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So to be a disciple is choosing to follow Jesus. It's a long obedience in the same direction. It's a life surrendered to his teaching, his instructions, and his way of living. If you're ready to follow Jesus and make the most important decision of your life today, I want to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. And in fact, I'm going to ask all of my thrivers that are here listening and, and watching today, I want to ask all of you to pray this prayer with me. Would you join me in saying this prayer? Heavenly Father, Forgive me of all my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again so I could live for him. Fill me with your spirit 
so I can know you, serve you, and follow you the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today, I give it to you, Jesus. Thank you for my new life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Friends, if you made that prayer for the very first time, you need to know that all of Thrive is celebrating you. We are so excited that you have joined the family of Jesus. You're now part of our family. You are, you are just going to be so thrilled with this decision. Now, I, I want to be honest with you. It's not always going to be easy. And in fact, you might have some questions still. You might still have some things that you need to like process through. And we want to walk with you through that. That's what the church is for. That's what Thrive is here for, to walk with you on your journey, to help encourage you and to inspire, to teach you and how to follow Jesus. So the best way for us to do that is for you to go to our website at www.thrivesquim.com and head to our connection card. You're gonna click that button and when you do, it'll open up a a short form uh, that just lays out your name, a way for us to contact you, maybe your best email or your phone number, and then you're gonna mark the box. There's a box that said, I said yes to Jesus. You're gonna mark that box and when you do, Myself or one of our other staff members is going to reach out to you and just ask you, how can we support you? What can we do to help you in your new journey of following Jesus? One of the the first steps you can take is this, baptisms. A baptism is a public declaration of what's just happened inside. It's the, the physical evidence that you've been made new, that you've died to yourself and being raised back to life in Christ. And so if you're interested in that, you could also mark baptism on that connection card. Well, we're excited to celebrate with you. We've got another song of worship coming in just a moment. And for all of you who are watching today, I want to encourage you to take some time and listen to the Holy Spirit's voice. What is he asking you to do? And what's your step of obedience today? Hey, thanks for joining us this week for the Thrive Online podcast. For more information about our church, go to thrivesquim.com. There you can fill out a connection card, and we hope to hear from you. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next week, either in person or again on the Thrive Online podcast.